please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. elsewhere i mean we've got people listening in china and africa and um and you know all over the world we just want to say from our end good morning and uh maybe for you it's good night but <laughs> we wanted to say um we're happy to see you this morning 
Um, I wanted to go ahead and pray over this uh, before we get started. Today we're going to be reading uh, from John chapter 13, uh, verses 31 through 35, and I want to go ahead and do a quick prayer for you this morning, and then we'll get started. Um, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this Bible study. God, I thank you for the people listening. Lord, I pray that your spirit would go out um, from your word. God, that it wouldn't be my word or the things that I have to say, but um, it would be, Lord, what you have to say through this passage to the people who are listening on the other end. Jesus, touch hearts today in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, as I was studying this and I was kind of reading it, seeing what I was going to teach on today uh, here in John chapter 13, after we moved on yesterday from the uh, teaching that Pastor Rick did about Judas, uh, I was thinking about what I was going to share about, and it's really timely uh, for this time. Uh, just thinking about us living in America um, and all the things that are happening uh, around us right now and in all of our big cities and in terms of all the riots that are happening and all of the um, recent events that have taken place in our country, uh, this is a very timely message in my mind. So I want to go ahead and read this to you and kind of dive into it. So it says here, uh, in verse 31, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, speaking of the Son of Man, God shall also glorify him, the Son of Man, in himself, and shall immediately glorify him. So, Jesus here is, go- is directly referring to what's about to happen in his life. Okay, Jesus is very close to the pinnacle of, of his ministry for his time on earth, God's time on earth. He's very close to it, and he's about to die for the sins of the world. Okay? And so as Jesus is leaving this dinner that he's just had, this Passover, um, Last Supper uh, dinner that he's having, he's moving directly into helping them understand what's about to happen. Okay? And the way that he decides to convey that to them is that he is about to be glorified. Okay? Jesus is about to be lifted up. And this is prophesied all throughout Scripture. If we look back uh, to Numbers 21, uh, when Moses raised the serpent on the pole, it said that when anybody looked upon it, they would be saved. And it was a type of Christ there. And if we look to Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham was taking Isaac up the mountain, and God had told um, Abraham to take Isaac up the mountain, Isaac asked Abraham, he says, where's the lamb? And he said, God will provide the sacrifice that we're about to have. Okay. And then if we look in Revelation 13, Verse 8, it says it pretty clear, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And so Jesus and what's about to happen to him is the main story of the Bible. Okay, And Jesus wants the disciples to understand that what is about to happen to him and what he is about to do is giving glory to God. This is God's prescribed way. This is what God wants to do. And Jesus is not doing this of his own accord. This is not Jesus going out and dying as just another death and it's inconsequential and it doesn't matter. This is the direct glory of God. Okay, and it says this about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1. So turn with me real quick to Hebrews chapter 1 where it talks about Jesus being the express glory of God. Give me one second here. And it says in Hebrews chapter 1, And it says in verse 3, who being, talking about Christ, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Okay. 
And so we get a pretty clear indication there of the fact that Jesus is the express image of the glory of God. And everything that he did in his life gave God glory. Now, this is something that none of us, the rest of us, can say. Okay? Jesus is the only one who can say that he was the exact representation of the glory of God on earth. The rest of us, we are our own thing. You know, we're our own people and we do our own thing and we walk our own way. But Jesus was God's glory manifested to mankind. Okay? And so that's important to understand if we're going to understand the next part of what Jesus is about to say. Right? Because to understand the glory of God, we have to understand the personhood of Jesus Christ. Okay? We have to understand that what Jesus was about and who Jesus was, was a direct glorification of the nature of God. Okay? And so what Jesus is about to say is not something small. It's not something light that we don't need to think about. It is the glory of God because it is who Jesus was. Okay? So I'm going to start here in verse 33. And this is kind of where I want to really camp out is these next couple of verses. Because I think it's probably the most important part of this chapter. It says, Little children, yet a little while... I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot come. Okay? So what Jesus is saying is, I'm leaving pretty soon. And where I'm going, you're not coming with me. Unfortunately for now, you're not coming with me. So what I'm about to say to you, I need you to hear. So he says, so now I say to you. Okay? He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Okay? And Jesus lays it out pretty clear there in verse 45. The way to know somebody is a follower of Jesus Christ is to know that they have love for one another. It's pretty simple. First John chapter 4 kind of illustrates this pretty well too. If you turn there with me, John liked to talk about love. It was one of his favorite things to talk about. Um, I think he understood it in a way that sometimes we don't. Um, turn with me here, First John chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who loves not knows not God. For God is love. If in this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the appropriation for our sins. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Okay. So, Going back to John chapter 13 here. The purpose of Jesus and the reason that Jesus came, if we're looking for an understanding of the why, of why Jesus came, it can be summed up in one word, and that word is love. Okay? Jesus did a lot of different things on this earth. He ministered to people. He healed people. He prayed for people. He delivered people from demons. He died for the sins of the world. He did so many different things on this earth. He rose again 
in glory. He did so many different things. But all of that goes back, goes back, goes back to the reason that God sent him in the first place. Because God loves. We read John chapter 3, I mean, John chapter 3, verse 16, where John says, if for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's not that love is like this, this in a vacuum type thing that it's, it's separate from everything else. It is the motive driving every single decision that God made for us, for the entirety of creation. God's expressed nature is expressed in one word, and that is love. There isn't anything else that we need to add on to it to understand why God does what He does. God does what He does because He loved us. It's that simple. Can somebody read for me Romans chapter 5, verse 8, please? <clears throat> But God commandeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, John. And so, God's love's not passive. God's love's not passive. God's love is not something that He just thinks about us. It's not something He just feels about us. It drives Him to action. Okay? God's love is the type of love that says, I cannot sit still while my people perish, while the ones I love perish, so I have to send my son to die for them. And in that, he is glorified. God is glorified, as Jesus said here in verse 32, in the love of Christ. See, we, we can look for God's glory in all sorts of different areas, okay? But the most simple way to understand it and the best way to understand it is God is glorified in His love for humanity. He is glorified in us, in His love in us. In His love for us. In His zealous desire to love us. It's why He did what He did. This is not a new idea. Even though Jesus says here, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, God has been saying this all the way back from Leviticus. If we look at 19 verse 18, it says, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So God's, and, and then, you know, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the two greatest commandments, Jesus said. So the Old Testament testifies of this. Okay? So why did Jesus say, I give you a new commandment? That's the question, right? Because if God's always been the same, why does Jesus have to give something new? Is Jesus giving a new form of love? I disagree. <clears throat> you see, Pastor Rick has been talking about it. And he's been talking about this idea that what happened with Jesus in his Last Supper was not the same as the Passover. It was a new thing. Right, Pastor Rick? That it's a, it was the Last Supper. It was a new thing. Jesus was instilling a new covenant in that Last Supper. But it wasn't that Jesus was going against the ways of the Passover or Jesus was moving outside of what the Passover represented. He was actually fulfilling the Passover. Okay? And that's exactly the same thing that I see here in verse 34 when he says the new commandment I give unto you. He's taking that old commandment in Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself, and he's fulfilling it in the way that it was really intended to be. You see, because as humans, we stop short of the fullness of what God has and who God is. We say, love the neighbor, your neighbor as yourself, and we see that 
as I just want to treat people respectfully or I should just be nice to people or I should just feel or, or, or say things to people that I would want them to say or feel towards me. But that is not the full extent of God's love towards us. Okay? Jesus says it right here. As I have loved you, love you also one another. How did Jesus love us? He sacrificed everything. Everything for us. Jesus did not stop short in any area of his life in giving us love. In terms of his ministry, there would be times Jesus would try to run away from the crowds and seek a place by himself because he was so exhausted. And yet, when the people would show up and say, where is Jesus? We need healing. He would spend the entire night praying for people and healing them out of his love for them. it's, It's the nature of who our God is, is to love to the point of giving up things of Himself. Of giving up things, of even like causing pain to Himself. That is the fullness of God's love to us. Pastor Rick? Now, you concentrated now on that that God loves. Yes. What's what's next? (coughs) What's next? (laughs) I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. you got something on that. No, you've got to have something next. Because you've talked about the love of God, okay? Yeah. So, so tell me what, uh, how, how did He love us? I'm, I was going into that actually. Exactly what I want to hear. Okay, I was going into that. Okay. So we're running out of time. Yes. Okay. So, <coughs> as I was saying, um, Jesus was was full surrender of His own life yes. to love us, yes. and that was the fullness of who He was. To, to give up the things that defined or, or that he nece- may have necessarily wanted. As he says in the garden, you know, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He didn't do that out of an obligation to be holy. Jesus was holy already, sinless and blameless. He didn't do that out of a need to validate himself as a minister. He didn't do that out of a need to say, I am a good preacher or a good prophet. Jesus was already all of those things. He did those things out of love for his people. That's it. Okay? And like so many times we look at different areas and we look to things that aren't the reason why. Like we'll go into areas of saying, I need to get, you know, I need to focus on on praying for people more. Or I need to focus on preaching better messages. Or I need to focus on giving more money. Or I need to focus on doing all these different little things. All these different works and these acts and these like characteristics that make up things that Christians are supposed to do instead of being who we're supposed to be. That's people who love one another. Out of love will come those things. Out of our love for each other, those things will come naturally. But if we focus on the effect instead of focusing on the cause, we'll always be trying to work up to a standard we can't complete. Always. God did not do what He did because He needed to become more righteous. Hear me on that. God was already perfect. God did not have to do what He did for us to become God. He was already God by nature. God did what He did because He loved us. And that's the, that's the reason. There is no adding on to that. Well, the application of that has to be Scripture because... 
By this all men know that you are my disciples. Yeah. If you have love to one another. So what is verse 35, chapter 13 then? What, what, is the, what, is, what is the Peter answered? What did Peter answer? Yeah, see, Peter couldn't connect with the idea that God is this God that loves us. He just, see, to you it means something because you've got 2,000 years of history. But Peter heard it. Yeah. What, what, verse 36. Yeah. What did he say? He said, Lord, where are you going? Yes. Meaning. Meaning. Okay, okay, you are love. You're the Son of God. Great, I understand. But I can't quite grasp it. Yeah. See, the disciples were, were saying, where are you going? Yeah. You look like you're taken off, right? Yeah. They were, they were concerned about where he was going because he said they, they cannot follow him where he goes in verse 33. Okay, so, so verse 30, 30, 36 says, Jesus answered what? Where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. And then what Peter said? Peter said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I tell you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. And so, and so the, the expression of the love of God is limited to the people that is able to partake of it. It's a great love, but you don't partake of it when you're in China on a basement praising the Lord and uh, you, your mother and father's in jail. Peter is now here simply saying, I, I can't follow you. What are you talking about? Why I cannot follow you now? Peter said unto the Lord, I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered, You lay down your life for my sake. Very, very, I say unto you, I'm going to die. The rooster shall crow. Do you have denied me? Right. Three times. Right. Yeah. You know, Peter was looking to validate Christ out of his own love. Yes. And trying to seek Christ out of his own desire to love Christ instead of living in the love of God. Yes. And allowing that love to come out of him. This is where most everybody that is listening to us in, in different countries are. Mm. We have to apply this. Yeah. Meaning... I know he loved us, he died on the cross for us, yeah. but we're going to deny him just like Peter did. Right. Well, and yet, he loves us. Right. And at the end of the day, yes. we cannot focus, I guess, our lives on the idea that we have to love God more. We have to focus on the fact that God has already loved us where we are. Right. As I had John read uh, Romans 5.8, Christ died for the ungodly, and God yes. commended his love this way. His yes. love is not about you receive or you moving in love towards him it's about you receiving the love that he's already given you and in that we can love one another and that's where i really want to to, to get to today is talking about what we see in the world right now especially in the united states we have people on both sides trying to to feel validated against one another because they're both hurt and rejected you have racist white people Versus angry, upset African Americans. Okay? And both of these people are trying to validate over the other because they feel rejected in some way by the other group. And because of that, they are seeking something that they cannot find in people. They're seeking fulfillment in people. They are not seeking the fullness of God's love. And it says that in Ephesians chapter 3. 
talks about the fulfillment of the love of Christ, the fullness of Christ's love in us. Let me turn there real quick. Real quick, real quick. Ephesians chapter 3 is from verse 18. It says here, <clears throat> that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so I'm saying today that you're not going to find that fullness in another person. You're not going to be able to find that love or that need that you have in another person or even in your circumstances. You're not going to find it. God's love is something we were all designed and created to have and to need. There is a God-sized hole in our heart that we need to be filled. And right now, America is turning on each other because they're searching for that in something else, in a governmental system, in people of the opposite race, in validation from human beings. And because of that, what's born out of that, because they're not receiving it, is hate and violence and war. And each side is not getting what they want from the other. And both sides are coming against each other with malice intent towards one another. And the only way that that is going to change is if God's love gets in people. It's the only way it's going to change. We look at Stephen. Stephen was being stoned to death and he said, Father, forgive them. Because Stephen didn't need their validation to know who he was. Stephen didn't need them to believe his message in Acts chapter 7 to know who he was. He already had God's love. And because he had God's love, he could love them where they are. Jesus is on the cross being fully loved by the Father. and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How could he love them like that? Because he was filled with God's love already. What's up, John? You know, what you're saying is true. And what I found uh, through my experience in ministry is that uh, the application of the love of God in somebody's life is much more complex because mm. to hear, read a scripture and, and hear a sermon on the love of God is one thing, but to have it um, flood your heart yeah. and begin to heal right. the brokenness on right. the inside is a totally different That's right. thing. That's right. And, um, and that's where... Really, um, it's harder, you know, because it, it, we can talk about the love of God, and we need to continuously. Um, but many times, on you know, hearing a sermon on the love of God or, or something like that, um, without giving an altar call, without having an opportunity mm -hmm. for for yeah. the things that yeah. are preventing the love of God from really affecting yeah. a person's yeah. soul. You know, so there's a, a lot that what you're saying has to include pastors and leaders mm -hmm. being equipped and right. having the understanding of how to actually minister the love of God to Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Um, and and that that's where things get messy. Yeah. That's where, you yeah. know, people don't want to get in there and, you know... Something comes along and they call Pastor Rick and say, right, that's right. you know, that's hey, right. can you take this one? Because right. uh, 
It's about to mess up my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You know? You're totally right. That's good. But that that that's one active side of love where I'm getting to. Yeah. Because you're talking about God's love being active. Mm-hmm. It's not passive. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to love like God is, then we've got to be active. Got to move. And so that's one way we can do it is figure out ways we can create an environment where the love of God can actually huh, be applied into a person's life. Yeah. You know, and that is the requirement on us that I was kind of yeah. getting at here. Is, is when Jesus says, if you have love one another, you'll be my disciples. Yeah. One of the characteristics of the love of God is unconditional. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're black, That's white, right. pink, or blue. That's right. If you got a gun, you don't have a gun. That's right. You love anyway. That's right. That's right. And it's our job as Christians to put this love in the world because as Christians, and those of us who have received that love, it's selfish of us to hold it back. Because God wants to use us to put this love into the world. It is the one thing about us, as Jesus says here, that denotes us as different than everybody else. It's the one thing that says we are Jesus' disciples because we love people, like Pastor Rick just said, without conditions and without reservations. There isn't another group of people that is loving people who murder them. There isn't out there in the world. We are different in this way. And in order for us to really see change in the lives of others, we have to love the way that our God loved. Well, because that's what changed us. Yes. You see, the change has to be, has to be look, the, the black community the, 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 the yeah. are the most rejected people in this country. Absolutely. Their salaries annually Absolutely. are lower than the Mexicans. Absolutely. To get you an idea, in Athens, Georgia, there are Mexicans that came from Mexico last year who cut grass. They took that business, and blacks have no part into it. They just can't break in. It's just a picture. Yeah. Okay? If you go to the jail in Athens, Georgia, it's all blacks. Right. The, un- the, the unemployment in the black community is very high. Yeah. Always been, even with President Trump and what they received, they're very high. Yeah. So in order, and you go to First Baptist, it's, it's all white. No, First you're right. First Methodist, right. all white. You're right. There are two black people there. Why? You're right. Because we don't do black music. That's right. We don't do black worship. That's right. We don't do, in other words, a, a black man in the Methodist church, in order for him to have a place, he has to become white. And you see, if you go to a black church, man, you have church, don't you? That's right, that's right. right. So the love of God, in in other words, every year the annual conference, the Methodist Church, have have a a forgiveness thing. Let's forgive and repent of our sins. They don't change. They repent every year. They don't change. Yeah. I served in the Methodist Church for 42 years. That's good. I was discriminated to no tilt. Still am. And so I think what blacks are saying today in America... I'm, we're fed up with it. Mm-hmm. We had enough. Yeah. And of course, you know, the bad elements in the black community are taking advantage. But that doesn't change the love of God. The love of God makes us to love unconditionally. You know, uh, for instance, the guy in Brazil who said to me, you helped me and my children to eat for about 10, 10 years, 15 years. 
You gave me food for 15 years. I'm not a Christian. I don't go to church. But, you know, uh, anything I can do to help, if you want me to dispose of anybody, just right. tell me. <laughs> right. Right. In other words, what he said was, I'll kill somebody just to help just you. Just for you. Yeah. And that's, just, that's the way he is. And that is the love of God. What you did for that man is the love of God. Yeah, I, I loved him that killed others. That's right. And, and you don't expect, and I didn't expect right. anything back. And that is what we need to be doing, church. As Pastor Rick just laid it out there, as clear as it is, there are people in this world who are hurting. And just because it doesn't affect us doesn't make it any less valid yes. or any less true. And God's love is as love as such as He was not personally affected by sin, as in He was not sinful, yet He still decided to do something about it because He loved us. And that is how we have to love each other. Even if it doesn't affect us, we have to do something because we love the people. Not because it makes us better. Not because it dresses us in more righteousness. Not because we get more brownie points in heaven. But because we love those people. Because that's who Jesus was. Yeah. Every single time, that's who he was. And so I just want to pray real quick. Go ahead. Well, you know, well, thank you for the word, Matt. It was a wonderful word. It just got me all going here. Amen. Praise what God. I'm, what I'm saying to you Praise is God. Jesus loved the worst kind. That's right. That's right. That's the right. lame. That's right. The lepers. That's right. The unworthy. The blind. Remember? That's right. Amen. He, That's his right. ministry was to the worst, the most depleted Dejected, kind. Broken. Yeah. Yep. Let's remember that. I mean, Amen. He, he loved. He loved uh, Talita. Yeah. 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 Amen. Well, let me pray for you guys just really quick, um, and then we'll close out. Jesus, I pray that the people on the other side of this camera would experience your love today. God, however small that may be, I pray that they experience it, and it would change something in them and in me. Lord, pour out your love on me. I need it, God, every day. And I pray, Jesus, that the people on the other end of this computer screen who don't feel like they're worthy of it, would learn that, that their king wants to give them everything because he loves them desperately. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Yes. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Y'all have a blessed day. See you next time. Visit www.lighterrain.com for more teaching. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lighterrain.com for more teaching. See you next time.